Welcome to Houseplant Homebody. I'm your host, Holly, and I'm here to tell you all about my favorite thing, plants. Are you ready? Did you know there's even more than just this podcast? Go check out my website, houseplant-homebody.com for even more and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or Pinterest at Houseplant Homebody LLC. And as I'm sure you already know, each podcast episode has a corresponding blog post on my website, so make sure you check that out. And do not forget to rate, review this podcast, and make sure you're commenting, liking, sharing, and subscribing so more plant people just like you can find my podcast and social media. You can even help support your favorite podcast, blog, and social media by joining me on my Become a Supporter website page to get exclusive podcast episodes, access to a supporter-only Facebook group, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. And if you really just can't get enough, I send out a bi-monthly newsletter on the first of every other month, also with exclusive content and some updates on what's happened the previous couple months. All right, let's get into it. This 57th episode is going to be about the inch plant. Now this plant can sometimes be a little bit tricky, but I promise it is a forgiving plant and it can bounce back very quickly. I know I have had problems with it, still continue to have some issues with them. So I wanna dive into it and see what could be some problems with it or if I'm caring for it correctly. And it doesn't seem to be a high maintenance plant. It's just a matter of being consistent with it. So let's get into it. The inch plant is commonly known as the inch plant, wandering dude, sometimes it's mentioned as its botanical name, Tradescantia. So the botanical name Tradescantia, there are a ton of varieties out there, but most commonly you're going to see Tradescantia zebrina, Polita, Fluminensis, Spathacea, Serenthoides would be the last one that I have listed, but I know there's a lot more than that. So some common names for those. The Zebrina one, sometimes commonly known as Zebrina, that's the one you're going to find, honestly, probably most often. The next one is the Flumensis, I, Flumensis, however you pronounce that, is going to be also commonly called Nanook or Nanook inch plant. And then there's oyster plant and purple heart were a couple of the other varieties that you're going to see commonly. The purple heart and oyster plant, you're going to see mostly when annuals start to come out at garden centers, a lot of times people like to use those for patio plants and stuff like that. But there are a lot more varieties than that out there. That is just a few I listed. All of these come in a ton of different colors and varying colors depending on the variety. So you're going to see plain green. You're going to see mostly variegated purples, greens, white, and sometimes pink as well. So just depending on which one you get. All sorts of fun. I also wanted to say that there used to be a common name for this called Wandering Jew, but due to its insensitive meaning, and I looked up the meaning of why it was insensitive in the background of it, but I noticed different websites said different things, so I'm not going to go into that, and I encourage you to look it up yourself to see why it was insensitive and why the common name was changed. So I typically avoid using that name but I do see garden centers and plant shops and online places still using it, but I just refer to it as wandering dude, inch plant, or tradescantia. Most of the time, I'm choosing wandering dude or inch plant, though. So just as a heads up, in case you're curious about why that name kind of got changed a little bit. Okay, we're going to jump right into the requirements because I had some good questions this time around that will probably take a bit longer. So for sun requirements... 
inch plants typically just need bright, bright indirect light, but they can go down to medium light as well. Placing them in an east or west window is actually perfect. And I even had mine in a north window for a very long time and it was doing really well as well. So they don't require a ton of sunlight. They shouldn't be in bright direct sunlight at all. So keep them out of the direct sunlight. I would maybe move them into something besides low light, but they can still handle just medium to bright indirect light, which is great because it's very versatile. I personally, like I said, had mine in a north window. At that point, I had it in a different window previously and it wasn't doing great. It was getting really crispy. So I cut it all the way back and I was like, whatever, Jesus take the wheel on this one. We'll see what happens. And then it got huge and I brought it downstairs. It's not in any window, but it's on top of a shelf that has a grow light going. So it's getting some of that. So it's probably getting medium light at the most and currently it's doing really well but it is starting to get a little crispy again and I believe that is due to watering mostly not necessarily the sun requirements and we'll go into that next but keeping it in medium to bright indirect light is great east or west window great south window probably a little much north window I think you can get away with because I definitely did it might just be a little leggier if you're putting it in a north window it won't be as compact as you may want it. All right, moving right along to water requirements. This is where I think I fall short because if you follow me on Instagram, you know the main reason I kill plants and have problems with them is because I'm underwatering them. I think this is the case for me too. So these plants need medium moisture, which I know, but you know, you know me. <laughs> so they need medium moisture. So whenever the top layers of soil are dry, I would water them. Now, bear in mind, overwatering can cause root rot, so make sure you're still having a well-draining soil. That way, the moisture won't sit at the base of the roots for a long time and kind of cause that root rot to happen. I still highly recommend, if you're a little uncomfortable with what top layer of soil being dry means, I would still use a moisture meter reader. That's helped me kind of understand just like, okay, this plant is still wet and it's been like, you know, three days. Let's see what happens in five days. Okay, five days, it's medium. Great. Okay, seven days, it's completely dry. Great, needs to be watered. Now, in this case, if it's between low and medium, that's when you probably should start watering it again. Just when that top layer of soil is very low, but the base of it is like that low to medium moisture. You want to rewater it. The other thing that I think I don't do for this plant, and I honestly probably won't, is humidity. <laughs> I have had success with this plant in no humidity in the bedroom, but at that place in the bedroom, which is the north window, hello, I should have explained that, it was in the north window in our bedroom, <laughs> um, I didn't have it any extra humidity for it then, and it was doing good. Now that I put it on top of a shelf, kind of, where I can't easily access it, it's getting crispy. That just means that I'm not watering it as consistently because it's a little harder to get to. But I still think inch plants can benefit from humidity. They don't need a lot. It's low to medium humidity, but I also don't think it's necessarily required. If you're trying everything and nothing is working, maybe this is an alternative to try because your air could just be super dry. So moral of the water watering story is medium moisture, 
and it can benefit from a little bit of humidity. All right, we're going to move on to fertilizer and propagation and all the other facts now. So for fertilizer, um, nothing new here. I still fertilize about every two weeks during peak season, which peak season has started for me about a month ago. I still use Fox Farms Grow Big Liquid Fertilizer. And um, I did a reel on this last week about whether or not I was using the fertilizer correctly. So definitely go back into Instagram and check that out if you haven't seen it. Um, I was using about the correct, if not honestly, like a little bit more than maybe I always thought I was. So it was good base knowledge to have. So anyway, every two weeks, I typically fertilize with a I try to use about a half to three-fourths the recommended amount, but honestly, I was probably using about three-fourths to the full amount of recommended, which is totally fine. It's not hurting my plants at all. And since it's a concentrate, it's very, very low amounts of fertilizer that I'm using on the plant. So it was, they're all doing great that way. And then in the winter, I cut back on fertilizing. I probably only fertilize once or twice in winter. So I would recommend doing the same for this plant as well. And a couple other sources did list the fertilizer instructions this time. So the Practical Houseplant book says apply a balanced liquid fertilizer once a month from spring to early fall. And then the Complete Houseplant Survival Manual says from spring through fall, feed every two weeks with a balanced houseplant fertilizer. In winter, when new growth is usually much slower, feed monthly. So they have very similar recommendations, I think. And it honestly depends on the type of fertilizer you're using. Some fertilize fertilizers that are good for like a slow release, you don't need to fertilize for like a month or so, or if not more. Some fertilizers like the concentrate I have, they recommend weekly on the packaging, but I fertilize every two weeks. So it just kind of depends on the product you have. I always think under fertilizing is better than over fertilizing simply because you don't want to burn your plant by over fertilizing. You can always improve by giving it a little bit more fertilizer if you're under fertilizing, but you can't really take it back. So that's why I always try to under fertilize. But again, totally up to you. Whatever product you feel comfortable with and whatever you would like to use, it's usually fine. So do what you feel comfortable with. If you need recommendations, let me know. I've used many more products besides Fox Farm before, but I've just grown to like it working at the garden center. So that's what I keep using. I've also used Espoma, Schultz, Milk Grow, all that good stuff. So, okay. The next topic is propagation, which I feel like we haven't talked about this in a while because we had a couple episodes that weren't really propagation friendly. Specifically, high plant, highlight plants. Obviously, we're not going to go into that in that one. And then herbs. We weren't going to talk about there. So, propagation. Here we go again. This plant is actually extremely easy to propagate in root, whether you're placing the cuttings in soil or in water. I have had successful propagation with both. I had, I still have stem cuttings sitting in water. They've been in there for ever. (laughs) It's mostly just like a cute little aesthetic at this point that I have them sitting in there, but I have that and the, the whole thing is trailing. It's beautiful. I also tried one in soil as well. I put it outside last summer and it did really well. So both of them really, really easy. Just cut right around the leaf node and stick it in water or stick it in soil. If you're putting it in soil, keep it pretty fairly evenly moist while it's starting to root, and you should be pretty successful with it. So really not a lot more than that. They should be fairly simple. They're very pretty in little tiny mason jars for propagating, because that's what I use. (laughs) Okay, so let's dive into the other facts. 
This is part of the Commelinaceae family, I believe it's what it's called. It's commonly called spiderwort family. These wandering dudes or inch plants are originally native to Mexico and South America, parts of South America. I've, I saw countries listed like Brazil and Guatemala in the resources I was looking at. And like again, they range for many different colors, green, purple, silver, white, pink, red, yellow, a combination of literally all of those for some of them. Really, really cool. I've mostly seen the pinks, whites, purples, silver, and greens before, like those combos. The yellow I haven't seen very often and like the red I haven't seen very often. All very pretty though. These plants are actually perfect for hanging. So I highly recommend hanging them if you have a hanging basket option or hanging them off of a shelf of some sort because they're going to get really long no matter where you put them. So the top of my shelf is a great place. I just need to make sure I'm watering properly. So highly recommend putting them somewhere where they can really just like let it all out and let it go. Let them go as Frozen says. Okay. So the other kind of like thing about these is it's very un very common for these plants to get really really leggy so trimming is kind of essential for these I've been constantly trimming mine back and my mother-in-law has one too that's it looks great when I moved in it was super full but the the middle of the plant got leggy because some of the leaves got crispy so we chopped it back it got really full again and now it's really long again so it just keeps growing super fast even when you do trim it back so if it's getting kind of leggy trim it up a little bit or even a lot of bit i literally trimmed mine to like maybe a couple inches two to four inches and now it was before it got a little crispy again it was probably about two and a half, three feet long. So they're super fast growing. And that was through the end of last year, through winter, it grew up until now. So not uncommon for this plant to get leggy and you should not feel uncomfortable trimming it back because I guarantee it'll pop right back. Okay, I'm not going to guarantee that, but it more than likely it will. Another fun fact is these do bloom, but it's not common for them to bloom indoors. Usually if you're mimicking their natural environment, like you see it in a greenhouse or even outdoors, they'll probably bloom, but indoors more than likely they won't. It's just not warm enough. It's not optimal heat or humidity in general. So you're probably not going to see them bloom. If they do bloom, they're going to have purple or white pretty small flowers depending on the variety you get. And the last fact is that these are poisonous to pets and humans. So just be careful what you're doing with them. And the podcast episode 31 has a lot of information on poisonous plants for, for pets. So that would be a great podcast episode to listen to if you have more questions on that. But let's dive into the Instagram Q&A because I was excited that we got some good questions this time around. Okay, so the first question is, my leaves get thin slash wilty when exposed to the sun. Any advice on how to keep them crisp? So, I don't think I have a good straight answer for this question. I think there are a few different things that can cause that based on what I was reading in my books and based on my experience. So these plants don't like to be in direct sunlight, which I'm not sure if when you say exposed to the sun, if that means they're getting direct sunlight or not. But if you're putting them in a south window, that might not be the best environment for them. So moving them to a window 
where it's a little less direct sunlight would be ideal for them. So I would start by doing that. Now, if you aren't doing that and your light is still medium to the bright indirect light, this could be a moisture issue as well. And it literally could go either way. <laughs> so if you have your plant in a warm environment and you're moving it into more sunlight that isn't direct sunlight, it could mean that the plant is drying out faster and it just needs to be watered more often. It's also turning into spring. So plants are going to need watering more often almost no matter what because they're using up more energy. They need more water because they have more energy to push out those new leaves and growth. So this could be kind of a combination of it's getting to spring and it's getting warmer in the sunlight. Even though it's not direct sunlight, it could just be drying out faster. So making sure you keep that medium moisture is important. Now, the other thing is that these can get root rot. So I know it's hard to tell, but if it's just the leaves that are wilting and it's not the branches that are getting kind of gross, then I think it's going to be either the sunlight or lack of moisture. If the stems are getting weird too, it might mean that you're overwatering. I don't think in this case that would be the cause of the issue that we're talking about, but that's also a cause. I mean, it's funny how your home works. It's just like outdoors. Your home has microclimates. So, you know, a north window versus a south window is such a huge heat difference. So your plants in your south window are going to dry out way faster than any plants in a north or even east window too. So you just have to watch out for that. Or even under grow lights too, sometimes they can dry out a lot faster under grow lights too. So I hope that answered the question. It's either going to be a sunlight or a I think a lack of moisture issue. If you're worried about the moisture, the moisture meter readers are super helpful. Okay, the next question was how to make them bushier and not leggy. And honestly, you can't be afraid of pruners. And that is my, one of my answers. So cutting it back forces growth up at the top of the plant to push out and get fuller. So I would highly suggest that and don't be afraid to trim it back because it's going to benefit the plant overall in the end. They do this outdoors too with shrubs and perennials and everything, not perennials necessarily because they die back all the way, but for shrubs sometimes people will do kind of a severe pruning that can cause growth to be pushed out in a different way than it was previously. It just helps the plant out to push out new growth in better ways. So cut it back, but also if you've got a leggy plant, it could be not enough light. So if you have it in low to medium, try moving it from to medium to bright indirect, just like a little bit more. If you have it in that north window, maybe move it into your east or west window to help out with that. Those are my two pieces of advice for that. Don't be afraid to trim it and move it into more light. The next question was, is it pet safe? And I know I did talk about this, but according to ASPCA, it is not pet safe, unfortunately. And I would highly suggest checking out the ASPCA website if you do have questions about plants in the future. Otherwise, I do have that blog post and podcast all about that. It's episode 31. I list out a ton of plants that aren't safe or that are safe. I think the episode is called Pets and Plants. So check that out for more information if you need it. And the last question is, why does my plant keep getting dried leaves randomly? So this is my problem with inch plants. 
And I think this is the problem for a lot of people. And I think it's with some varieties, it does this more often than others. So I've noticed that like the Nanook plants I've seen on Instagram look a lot easier. Not easier, but they just look better than like the the silver stripe inch plants or the kind of the common ones that have the silver, green, and purple on them, which is what I have. And you'll see them on Instagram and the blog posts and everything of what I actually have. But I think this is the cause of a few things. I think it's inconsistency and humidity, I think, are the two factors here. So I believe that this plant, kind of like the fiddly fig, where it needs to be consistently watered on the same day, I think this should be treated very similarly to that, not necessarily to that extreme, but I think it would benefit it a lot. And for me, keeping it at that medium moisture is not something I've been great at. So making sure it doesn't dry out completely and making sure I'm consistently watering it, I think are the two keys in my mind, at least for me to improve on. Now, if you know you're doing that correctly and you're like, Holly literally was watering this, making sure with my moisture meter reader, I am doing that right, but it's still happening, then I think you should try increasing humidity. Now, I've had success without it. I haven't necessarily needed it, but my humidity in my home might be different than yours. So that honestly would be the next step that I would suggest is increasing humidity for your plants. That could be, you know, a saucer with rocks and water in the bottom. That could be placing it near a humidifier, misting it. Some people don't think that helps, which it probably doesn't increase the humidity around the plant all day, but it helps at least in some way, in my opinion. But, you know, the the more humidity you're going to increase will probably be an actual humidifier. And if you have one in your home, place it near it as long as getting enough light and everything. But yeah, it would either be the watering consistency, keeping it watered enough, or increased humidity is probably what I would say. But that's all I got today. Thanks for listening to episode 57 of Houseplant Homebody, all about the inch plant. Don't forget to check out the blog post that corresponds with this episode. If you go to houseplant-homebody.com and go to the blog page, you'll find it there. Also, don't forget to find me at Houseplant Homebody LLC on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast along with liking, saving, and commenting on social media. Odds are, if you like this podcast, someone else will too. I love to hear what you've learned from this episode or really anything that I'm doing and your plant experiences. So please share them with me because I love it. Also, you can help support your favorite podcast by joining me on my Become a Supporter website page to get exclusive podcast episodes, access to a supporter-only Facebook group, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. Your support means the world to me, and I'm super excited to keep bringing you plant bios and information. Also, don't forget to check back every other Tuesday for the brand new episode and blog post. From one houseplant homebody to another, see you next time. Hello, me again at the end, as usual. Um, I have some, a few exciting things happening. So obviously my life is kind of hectic right now because um, it is full-blown wedding details happening, which, you know, I never thought it would be like this much fun. Honestly, I absolutely love planning out this wedding and Peter and I make a great team. So that just makes me feel even better about that. But so I got a lot going on. Um, Work is starting to pick up because hello, I... I sell beer. So um, I work for Molson Coors, if you didn't know that. So 
peak season's coming up, so it's getting really busy. So starting to work a little bit more hours now and will be. Um, and then I'm just trying to keep up with Houseplant Homebody. I'm keeping trying to move it forward, keep trying to progress. So a couple of fun things. I know I was talking to you guys about trying to find graphic designers, and I did find one, but I think I found two, actually. Let's back up. Yeah, I found two. So the original designer I found, I really like, um, but I think they might just be a little busy and the response time might not be exactly what I need for what I'm expecting. I totally understand. We did work together on like a couple projects, but I think that might be it. The other person that I found, I actually went to college with, um, they're younger than I am by a few years, I think, but I know them through a mutual friend and they have amazing talent. So I'm very excited to see what we can work out with. But that means hopefully Houseplant Homebody will finally have a little bit of merch coming our way. So stay tuned for that. I literally have been saying that for like a year and a half. I understand that, but I'm actually doing things now and working with people. Originally, I was going to try to do some designs myself and then, yeah, that just... I don't have the experience to be doing that like in an, in an Adobe software. I don't, I personally don't like Apple products, so I don't have like the programs to use like that. So I didn't have it. I just thought, well, maybe I could have someone else that's very talented do it for House by Homebody. So that's what we're doing. And then I don't know if you guys remember me talking about a product that my fiance and I were trying to create the end or the mid, well, it was more of the middle of last year, but I think we might be releasing that this summer. So also stay tuned for that. It would pro- it'll probably be very limited and I might not do it again, but it was really fun. And I think I should at least share it with you guys at least once. So we might do that. So stay tuned for that. And then I wanted to share that the next episode is about canna lilies, which if you know me and you follow my Instagram for long enough, you know my little obsession with canna lilies. I love them. I think they are amazing patio plants. And I mean, just you just can't beat a bloom like that in summer. It's, oh, I love them. So we're doing canna lilies next because it's getting to that point where now nurseries and garden centers are selling them by the bulb. And I just want to talk about them. So you could go buy the bulbs or you could go buy the plants and you'll be all set. And they grow really fast. So they're honestly amazing plants in your patio planter. Okay, I, this should be talked about in the next episode. So I'm going to stop talking about it. So canna lilies are next. Hope you guys have a wonderful week and I'll see you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.